Today is Friday, November 12, 2021, and this is the Pennsylvania Legacies podcast from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. I'm Josh Rollerson. Between climate change and the changing economics of energy production, there's really no realistic scenario at this point where coal-fired power plants are still a significant part of Pennsylvania's energy portfolio by 2050. Nuclear energy faces challenges too, although in that case decarbonization at least is not one. Technologically, nuclear is well-suited for the zero-carbon energy portfolio of the future. But again, economic viability is another matter. Competition from cheaper gas generation has cast a shadow over the future of Pennsylvania's nuclear fleet as well. These are the realities that power generation companies like Allentown-based Talon Energy are facing. But rather than cut their losses and move on, Talon is looking at ways to keep facilities open by reinventing the business model. We want to do this transformation in a way that considers the impacts to our people and the communities which we have been a part of for decades in many cases. So instead of closing a plant, we've looked at each of our portfolio assets and said, what else could potentially be done here? That question ultimately led to the conversion of one coal-fired plant in Maryland to a battery storage facility. Others are being retooled to run on natural gas. Meanwhile, Talon's Susquehanna nuclear plant in Pennsylvania is getting a new lease on life in the form of a power purchase agreement with a cryptocurrency mining operation planned for the area. And in the near future, Pennsylvania's anticipated entry into the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative could create opportunities for more innovative conversions and retrofits like these. That's one reason the power generation industry largely supports the Reggie rulemaking. We're talking about new plans for old power plants on this episode of Pennsylvania Legacies. That conversation is coming up in just a moment. But first, let's get a roundup of environmental, energy conservation, and policy news from PEC's Lily Jones. Last week, the Biden administration passed the $1.2 trillion Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. Among other items, this bipartisan bill will help communities across the country prepare for climate change. It is also the U.S. government's most significant investment in roads, bridges, and passenger rail in decades, and the largest ever investment in public transportation. Through the act, Pennsylvania would receive billions of dollars for road and bridge repairs, expanded broadband coverage, electric vehicle charging stations, public transportation, and improved drinking water infrastructure. The bill also includes funding to reclaim abandoned mine land and plug orphaned oil and gas wells. The U.S. Department of Energy has announced that Pittsburgh will host the 2022 Clean Energy Ministerial and the Ministerial for Mission Innovation. During these joint events, global leaders from the public and private sectors will collaborate on accelerating the clean energy transition. CEM and MI consist of 31 countries that work with industry, research institutions, and other groups to advance clean energy innovation and deployment, as well as addressing labor issues associated with the transition away from fossil fuels. The gathering in September 2022 will revisit commitments made during the Climate Summit in Glasgow that is wrapping up today. Earlier this week, members of the Pennsylvania House Environmental Resources and Energy Committee voted to report out the Senate concurrent resolution disapproving of the final rulemaking to link with Reggie. This resolution will now go to the full House for a vote. If passed, it will go on to Governor Wolf, who has already said he plans to veto. The leadership of the General Assembly has not presented alternative approaches for addressing climate change, despite a majority of Pennsylvanians being supportive of action to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Nominations are closing soon for Pennsylvania's 2022 River of the Year. Pennsylvania watershed groups can submit a nomination to promote public awareness of their river by November 15th. 
After a waterway is chosen as the winner, the nominating watershed group organizes events to celebrate the river, including a River of the Year sojourn. You can find more information about River of the Year and nominate a river on our website. Years ago, Exelon Generation announced that it would begin the process of decommissioning the famous nuclear power plant at Three Mile Island in Dauphin County. It was a bad omen for the industry, and the outlook has continued to deteriorate as nuclear facilities struggle to compete with cheaper gas-fired power generation. However, one such facility in Pennsylvania, the Susquehanna Power Station in Luzerne County, may be spared TMI's fate. That's thanks to a deal the company recently struck to supply zero carbon electricity to a massive data center being constructed nearby. That clean electricity will be put to use mining cryptocurrency, a growing and energy intensive industry with a global carbon footprint that's currently the size of a small country. Carbon-free crypto is just one of many ways the plant's owner, Talon Energy of Allentown, PA, is trying to keep facilities relevant and running in the face of both economic headwinds and a changing climate. To learn more, I got in touch with Julie LaBella. She's Talon's Senior Director for Regulatory and External Affairs. Here's our conversation. Before we really get into the the focus of this discussion, tell me a little bit about Talon and its operations, both nationwide and here in Pennsylvania. Sure. So Talon was formed in June of 2015, and it's the combination of our PPL deregulated generation portfolio um, and three of Riverstone uh, generation portfolios. Talon is an independent power producer, and we're actually the largest generation owner in the state of Pennsylvania. And we have another approximately 2,000 megawatts of renewable generation and battery storage under development currently as part of this transformation and strategic initiative efforts that we'll be talking about today. It's not really news that the energy industry is changing, and particularly coal-fired power generation seems to be on its way out uh, for a variety of reasons. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what's behind this push? to kind of rework, retool, and repurpose existing facilities? Would it be cheaper to just shut some of them down? Or what's the reasoning behind the approach that you've taken here? So that's a great question um, and a fair fair question. I, you know, obviously economics drive a lot of the decisions, but when Talon announced our transformation back in November of 2020, part of that announcement was our intent to be what we call a force for good. And what does that mean? That means as we look at our transformation across our portfolio, we want to do this transformation in a way that considers the impacts to our people and the communities which we've been a part of for decades in many cases. So we've, instead of closing a plant, we've looked at each of our portfolio assets and said, what else could potentially be done here? Because closing a plant has a huge negative impact on the community and the workers associated with that facility. And so in some cases, we have decided to transition to alternate fuel. Um, in other cases, we're implementing maybe storage projects in that area. And then we're also looking at potentially utilizing surrounding land that is already owned by Talon to further invest in the area through the development of renewable storage, pro- storage projects, data centers, or even digital currency facilities in some cases. It's a really fascinating range of, of ideas here. Uh, let's focus in for starters, on the storage piece. Why is investment in battery storage particularly important right now? And and why why is it important for Talon? 
Why are these locations in particular well-suited for that kind of a conversion? So, you know, battery storage is just one piece of our transformation, as we've mentioned. Um, But we do think batteries have a role long-term in the transition of this industry as a whole. Um, And for Talon specifically, we have, we own some plants that are in highly congested areas, such as the Baltimore region. Um, While we appreciate the desire to not continue burning fossil fuels in that region, there's still a need for a power source there. And so we've, that is one of the areas that we've looked to develop a battery project in, because we feel that that could be an answer to the congestion and the uh, energy source needs of that region. Um, As we look across the rest of our portfolio, there are instances where it may make sense to co-locate solar, wind, and a battery, because we know long-term those those assets and those resources work may work well together. So we currently have about approximately one gigawatt of battery storage development projects in the queue across our footprint, and you know the reasons for that vary based on some of it, uh, some of what I just said here. Is there a way in which by building a storage facility and one of the places where you're already operating? Uh, you get to skip some steps, or in other words, would it would it be uh, more efficient than starting from the ground up when it comes to connecting with the actual grid? Or is there an, an advantage to you know to to be starting with uh, an existing facility and and sort of retrofitting it? No, so that is a consideration. Um, that is part of the reason Talon has looked at either utilizing existing land or the existing sites because we're fortunate to be located near the infrastructure, the transmission and distribution infrastructure that's needed. Um, obviously PJM studies each of these projects as they come in and it may still require upgrades or work to the transmission system, but you're not starting from scratch, um, which we think is helpful and for a number of reasons. You've got a a lot of projects like this either in the works or planned. Um, I'm interested in the replicability question. Um, How how far could you take this? Could other fossil fuel burning facilities uh, at Talon or or other your industry partners or competitors, uh, could could they take a similar approach and be successful with it? Could, in other words, could this be an industry trend at some point? We believe this is an approach that can be replicated by other fossil fuel fuel owners um, if they choose to pursue something like this. Obviously, economics of all of these projects play a big role in the decision, um, but we also recognize that continuing development on this techno- on all of these technologies will help potentially drive costs down and help with those economics. Talon has made the decision to be a first mover in this strategy and lead the clean energy transition, and we certainly welcome others to follow in our footsteps, um, although you know, I think that's an individual decision for each company. So if we can drill down a little bit on the economics that you mentioned, what are we talking about in terms of job creation? Will these projects provide a lot of jobs for displaced coal workers, other energy workers who are undergoing, you know, disruptions in the in the job market in the energy industry? Um, what are the resources that are going to need to be in place to help those people with this transition? So we believe um, some of these projects will help provide jobs for the displaced coal workers or displaced workers. You know, there are a number of benefits to these projects in terms of jobs during the construction phase. For instance, our data center and Bitcoin facilities will see almost a thousand jobs at each site while they're under construction. So during the development phase, we definitely think this provides uh, job opportunities for folks. And then longer term, you know, we see 
more permanent jobs at all of these locations and opportunities for workers in these new fields. And it's not just direct job impacts either we're talking about. There's sort of, uh, you know, ripple effects. Communities more broadly are affected. Absolutely. So, you know, in, in all these areas, whenever you're doing development project, you know, bringing, whether you're hiring local workers, they're still, you know, utilizing services in that area. Um, and then if you're bringing workers in from outside of the area, that increases their use of the services in that area from hotels to jobs to restaurants. Um, and we have a, a focus at all of our development projects on trying to hire locally as much as possible. But, you know, in the instances where that can't be accomplished, we recognize the outside the area workers will still be bringing in positive economic impacts to that region. So we, Talon is looking at, you know, getting through these development projects, providing additional opportunities within the communities for workers and where it makes sense opportunities for our workers. And also we think that there can be a a role such as for Reggie funding to be used as Pennsylvania enters Reggie to help with the transition for these workers and the communities to get us to the other side of this transition. Yeah, and I I would like to talk a little bit more about uh, Reggie in a moment. But first, I actually want to focus in on the Susquehanna facility that you mentioned earlier. I think it's got a lot of uh, coverage for obvious reasons. It's maybe a little counterintuitive that a nuclear plant could be, you know, battery storage obviously integrates with the energy system. That That's a pretty intuitive leap to make. This one, maybe not, not as much. Could you talk about why cryptocurrency is a market for the Susquehanna facility, maybe for nuclear plants, generally speaking? Yes. So, you know. Cryptocurrency, but also data centers are large energy consumers. Um, And as Talon looked at this strategy and considered, you know, what what is a potentially good fit for the problem that we're facing, which is energy market prices continue to be at all-time lows. That's mainly being driven by oversupply of low-price generation and limited to no load growth. And so we decided, well, What can we do to try to address that challenge? And that's where data centers and digital currency facilities come in because they have such a large demand requirement associated with them, but they also need low cost, always available, and they would like clean energy, which is a perfect fit for Susquehanna. So we've been pursuing these strategies because we see this as a way to help provide a revenue stream to Susquehanna that is not dependent upon the energy market dynamics and allows us to give some longevity and more certainty to the more than 900 employees who work at that plant, while also providing a carbon-free energy source for the the new developing technologies and and demand that is looking for that. So we feel it's a great win-win on both sides for both the Bitcoin facilities, data centers, and nuclear plants like Susquehanna. One of the points I've seen made out there is that, you know, with this this dedicated source of revenue or, or a consistent source of revenue, I should say, does that potentially create some opportunities to to build out and grow nuclear elsewhere in a way that would contribute more carbon-free capacity to the grid? Well, I'll be quite honest. I don't know that that's Talon's strategic vision. I, I think building out new full-scale nuclear is very challenging from an economics perspective. Um, now to say that new nuclear technologies such as SMRs or things like that 
that could potentially be a, a viable strategy, but that is not something Talon is currently focused on. So looking at digital currencies, cryptocurrencies, the plan that you have for Susquehanna fits a really obvious need from their standpoint. This is an industry that, as you mentioned, is extremely energy intensive and is beginning to maybe feel some political, some perhaps PR pressure to decarbonize. Do you see that growing from here? We believe so. I know Talon believes that this does have the potential to grow beyond just Susquehanna um, because it is a great fit between the two industries. Um, and also by directly connecting those facilities to the nuclear plants, you're able to provide what we call verifiable zero carbon coins, meaning they know that those coins are being produced by clean energy. They're not hitting the grid, which may be um, representative of other forms of generation that maybe are not as clean as, as the nuclear plant. And so we definitely think this could be a growth area for the industry. Yeah, I mean, you're not the only ones uh, in this space. In, in one way or another, some other companies are trying to get into the crypto market. And some of some of these plans that are being discussed involve using waste coal, which due to the way Pennsylvania's alternative energy portfolio standards are set up is uh, something that I guess, at least legally, economically feasible, whether or not it's environmentally helpful or conducive to the goals that, you know, that you've embraced is, is another question. But is that an approach Talon would, would ever consider? So currently, no, we have no interest in the waste coal. Our focus is on decarbonizing our fleet and, and leading the clean energy, energy transition. So that is not an area that we've looked or really have desire, any desire to explore right now. You mentioned a moment ago the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, which is something that Talon is on the record supporting along with many other of your, your peers and across the, the corporate world in Pennsylvania and beyond. There's a lot of support for Reggie. Can you connect that position with the the strategy that you outlined earlier? You already noted that Reggie could conceivably be a source of support for uh, you know for making the transition in some communities. What else uh, does Reggie potentially bring to the table from from where you stand? So, um, as you may be aware, Talon did file comments in the EQB process back in January of 2021 for the Reggie rulemaking, and. In our comments, we stated, you know, our trans transformation is driven by changes that we see in both the energy industry and the financial markets. And we're taking what we like to call a clean approach to this transformation. And I'm using air quotes around that. What clean stands for is we're looking to convert our coal plants to lower carbon fuels. We are looking to level the playing field for nuclear to allow it to compete with other clean energy resources. We're looking at focusing on emission reductions as part of our transition, advocating for effective workers and communities, and then finally looking at next generation grid investment to help move this um, transition along, which does require developing further technologies. And we think Pennsylvania's entry into Reggie aligns with all of those initiatives very well. It provides, it helps focus on the emission reductions um, it helps you look at potentially supporting con converting existing coal plants to other types of fuel. It definitely helps level the playing field for nuclear because it recognizes and values the clean energy that nuclear plants are providing. Um, and it provides funding for both workers and communities, but it also provides funding to reinvest into new, new technologies that support those clean energy initiatives. So we think that 
Pennsylvania entering Reggie aligns very well with where talent is focused and heading in our strategic initiatives. Looking beyond Reggie uh, and and the path ahead of Talon, what's the long range outlook? Where do you see Talon's role uh, being in in the clean energy economy a decade from now, two decades from now, as we're approaching that twenty fifty uh, you know deadline? Where where does Talon fit into Pennsylvania's energy profile and the and the nation's? So as we've said a number of times uh, throughout this conversation, we are looking to be a leader in the clean energy economy. So we we see ourselves in that space, whether it's um, the renewable storage initiatives and, and the growth in that area, whether it's what we like to talk about converting electrons to bits, which is, you know, in the digital currency and Bitcoin space and helping to uh, support and drive that industry's growth that we see the demand continuing to grow for while providing them the clean energy sources to, to meet that demand. And we think the framework that we're currently putting in place gets us there. Well, Julie, thank you for your time today. It was great talking with you. Thank you for having us. Julie LaBella is Senior Director for Regulatory and External Affairs at Talon Energy, which operates 18 power generation facilities across six states, including Pennsylvania. They put out about 13,000 total megawatts of electricity, and about half of that is generated using zero carbon fuel sources. You can learn more about Talon via the links at our website at techpa.org, where you can find show notes and details on more of the topics we discussed both on this episode and on the previous 155 installments of this show. Catch up on our back catalog by visiting the website, which again is at pecpa.org. Look for the Pennsylvania Legacies podcast. Of course, we're on any number of other podcast platforms, including but not limited to Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player.fm, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere else where you can access a podcast feed via RSS. You can listen to Pennsylvania Legacies. Hope you'll join us in a couple of weeks for the next installment of this show. For the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, I'm Josh Rollerson, and thanks again for listening. 